Matthew writes, Jesus went away from Genesaret and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and they begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, themes of inclusion and exclusion are a common thread running throughout this week's entirety of scriptures. Isaiah, he prophesies who is accepted and who is not in God's house. And this depends upon obedience to God's law. And St. Paul, he passionately asserts that even though Israel did not believe in Jesus, God will not turn away from his chosen people. And here, In our gospel text that Matthew writes for us, Jesus crosses ethnic boundaries to heal this Canaanite girl. Now, some important context here. We've been going for some time verse by verse throughout the book of Matthew, not skipping around, but now we've kind of jumped from where we were at last week in Matthew 14 with the walking on the water by Jesus and and Peter being commanded to come out to him, um, almost to the middle of chapter 15. And we have a small section that was skipped over there, but I think that we need to know what happened. Jesus, he had just instructed his followers that what was unclean is not what is put into one's mouth. Instead, it's what comes out of one's mouth from the heart. Now, as he went on through this land of Tyre and Sidon, he was met by this Canaanite woman who, in faith, she cries out to him to heal her daughter. And he tried to dismiss her because of her ethnicity. But this doesn't seem to faze this woman. She was so desperate. And you could hear it in her voice, the urgency that she had, the fear verging on panic and the despair. Her little girl 
was suffering from demon possession. Now, we don't know more than that. We don't know long, how long this had been going on for, what the other symptoms to this were. But our idle curiosity, it's not going to be satisfied. Matthew, he tells us here only what we need to know. That she was desperate, that she was a Canaanite woman seeking help for her daughter from this man that she had heard of named Jesus. Now, Jesus was in town. He'd gone to the coast with his disciples to the region of Tyre and Sidon in the Mediterranean. Now, please note, this was not Israelite territory. It was Canaanite land. Canaanites, well, they were named for being the descendants of Cain. And we all know who Cain is, the son of Adam who had murdered his brother Abel. Canaanites were those people that were supposed to have been purged, sent away from this land. And they weren't supposed to be under the rule of Joshua. This was a pagan region. Israelites, well, they hated the Canaanites. And this animosity between the two groups, well, it was, unfortunately, it was mutual. And the Israelites, they, they called the Canaanites dogs. Filthy dogs, actually. Now, this woman, she had heard that Jesus had come to the area. And she'd heard these reports that were going around about his power to heal. Not only just to heal, but to cast out demons. And this gave her a, just a, a, a faint ray of hope. And she sees Jesus coming into the area and she goes running after him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this language that she's using, son of David, it's, well, it's an Israelite way of talking. You see, the Israelites, they knew that the Messiah would come from the house of David to establish his throne. Son of David, she cries out. Yes, a Canaanite woman speaking like an Israelite. And maybe if Jesus mistook her for one of his own, then maybe, just maybe then he would help her. And it's kind of clever, actually. To talk like an Israelite, maybe Jesus will show you favor. And I think some people today think in this same type of way, in those same terms, they, maybe they try to transact with God in their prayers, trying to negotiate his favor. People like to get all religious when they pray. They pile on the Religious phrases that maybe they've heard other people use, thinking that God will be impressed and at that point do what they ask. And Jesus, he meets these pleas of, her, of hers with somewhat of this stoic silence. He did not answer her a word, the text says. 
Nothing. Silence. And she keeps crying out to him over and over again. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. To the point where the other disciples that were there with Jesus, they plead to him, Lord, just send her away. Now I ask you to picture yourself. To put yourself in this narrative as the mother, as a parent in this narrative. Jesus is your last hope. And he greets you with silence. As if to turn his back on you in your time of desperate need and despair, he turns a deaf ear to your heartful prayers. What would you have done? Would you have accepted this lack of response and just left? Maybe you would go and find another healer. Maybe somebody else could help you. Maybe, maybe there's another religion, another God that you can pray to, or at least maybe another congregation. What would you do with this sort of Jesus that's denying you? But then Jesus, he speaks. Now, he doesn't really speak to her directly. He's probably speaking to the disciples. He just speaks, reminding her of who she is and who she isn't. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Wow, it doesn't get much worse than that. Sorry, I'm too busy. Sorry, I'm not here for you. I can't be bothered with you and whatever problems that you may have. And if the silence before didn't do the trick, well, this probably would have settled it for the woman that Jesus wasn't going to help her. But she's persistent. She keeps on pressing and praying to him. She comes up to Jesus, this man who had just told her that he hadn't come for her. And she kneels down at his feet and says, Lord, help me. No more son of David talk is used, this Israelite form of talking, just a simple prayer of mercy. Lord, Help me. That form of prayer doesn't get much more basic than that. No religious fluff, no charades, just a heartfelt plea. Lord, help me. It reminds me of last week's text where we had Jesus coming to the disciples, walking on water, and and Peter, he asks Jesus to command him to walk out to him. And with all of the wind and the waves crashing down on him, he loses his focus and he starts to drown. He starts to sink. And in doing this, he looks back to the Lord. He says, Lord, save me. It's very similar to this plea that we get from the Canaanite woman at this point, but 
In a different way, Jesus doesn't reach out his hand and immediately save Peter. He seems unmoved, cold, hard, uncaring. It's not right, he says. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, a silence probably had been enough. But this harsh statement about his being sent only to the lost sheep of Israel, well, it was worse. But this now was probably worst of all. A dog? He calls her a dog? And she'd probably have heard this type of slander before, but it would have come from those other Israelites, not from this man that she'd heard so much about that was supposed to come to help, to be their savior. And once again, I ask you, how do you think that this would have made you felt? A desperate parent with only this one hope left. What would you have done if he called you a dog? Called you a dog in this time of desperate need. This kind of Jesus isn't that compassionate man that we know from our scriptures that's in our hymns. The one that we place all of our our hope in that comes from our hearts. It's just not what we picture him as. This Jesus, he seems so mean, so uncaring and unkind. And this woman, she's not even asking for anything for herself. She's asking for her helpless little girl. And the only thing that Jesus seems to notice is that she isn't one of them. That she isn't an Israelite. But she's steadfast. She won't let Jesus off the hook that easily. You see, her being called a dog by him, it gives her an opening that she'd been looking for. And she responds, yes, Lord. Canaanite dog I may be. Call me whatever you wish. It's true. There's no way around that. I am who I am. And I'll accept that. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. (laughs) Did you hear that? Did you catch that unreasonable line of logic in her reasoning? You see, she accepts Jesus's word on her. Even the dogs get to eat the crumbs off the floor. Our great theologian, Martin Luther, he comments on this narrative. And he says that faith takes Christ captive. Captive in his own word when he seems to be the angriest, as we see here in the text. You say, the woman responds, that I am a dog. Let it be. I will gladly be a dog. Now give me the consideration that you would give a dog. In this, she catches Christ with his very own words. And he's happy. He's so happy to be caught. 
And you can see this for the next words that Jesus says, well, they're praise. He loves it. He loves this faith that she shows and her trust that's displayed. Oh, woman, he says, great is your faith. He no longer calls her a dog. She, she's now called a woman. And he commends her faith in the hearing that the disciples could pick up. They didn't understand faith the way that she did. They think that they're worthy, that they've somehow earned their hanging out with Jesus. They don't get it. But she does. You see, faith, it clings to him. It clings to Jesus the Christ. Even when Jesus turns his back on you. Faith clings to Jesus. Even when he seems to look you in the eye and says, I haven't come for you. You don't belong. Faith that clings to Jesus, even when he calls us dogs. Faith that hears that word from Jesus and it trusts. And faith, it holds Jesus to who he is and his promises that he has given to you. That promise that he is our savior and our redeemer for you. Oh, great is your faith. Now, please understand that the point here that I'm trying to display is not for you to look at your own faith, at your own belief, and somehow measure it. Do I believe enough? Do I have enough faith? It's meant actually to turn your eyes away from yourself and back onto Christ. Your faith is only as good and it's only as powerful as to the Christ in which it clings to. And this woman's faith, her trust in Jesus, well, it was very valid. Let it be done for you as you desire. He replies, Christ is for her and he's for her daughter after all. Even though she's a Canaanite, Yet through faith, she is a daughter of Abraham, as Paul explains in Romans. Jesus is the son of David, even for her. His word is solid and it's sure, and her daughter was healed instantly. Isn't that great? Dear Saints, prayer isn't always answered instantly for us, is it? Or does it always come in the way or the exact timing in which we wish it would? Some prayers, they seem to get put on hold. But when God does make you wait, as Jesus put this poor woman on hold here, it doesn't mean that he's abandoned you. It may just mean 
that the timing isn't right. Or perhaps even that Jesus wants to put your faith on display so that the world may understand what faith looks like. And it looks like a dog, a dog lapping up crumbs, lapping up these crumbs that fall from the master's table because we are all beggars. And if that comes to a blow or comes as a blow to your own ego, well, then good. Because our ego, the old Adam that's in us, well, it needs that from time to time. For yes, we are all beggars. We call it repentance, that change in mind, that change in heart, that being turned away from our own selves to the Lord, to Christ, in his mercy, in faith. And there really is no shortcut to this kind of faith, that faith that this Canaanite woman displayed for us. There's only being steadfast with Jesus, together with all the twists and turns that life under the cross entails, the storms of this life, because they come in all forms, forms of unexpected sickness, to demonize children, or to silence and humble waiting. It may mean waiting patiently for the resurrection while feeling lost, abandoned, or even feeling just like a dog. The world's way of looking at things, life under the cross of Jesus, well, it can be a dog's life. But the crumbs that fall from that table are so rich, rich indeed. And cling to that faith. Cling to the body and blood with his word, giving you forgiveness, life, and salvation. Because a dog never had it so good. For it was promised of old that salvation would come, that God's righteousness would be revealed so that his way might be known throughout all of the earth. So it is that in Christ, many have already been gathered, but still more will be gathered. Even those who are considered lost, they will be found and receive these irrevocable gifts of mercy, grace, love, and salvation. God will have mercy even for the Gentiles and the lost sheep of Israel. God will have mercy even for you. Now may this give you peace. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. May it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.